Geeky Gaming Podcast, episode 672, recorded on January 3rd, 672nd edition of the TD Gaming Podcast and 505th episode of Video Game Roundtable. I am TJ Denzer. I am Scott Dirk. And I am John Falcon. The VGRT Gaming Podcast focuses on game news from around the industry. Right, and uh, we are back after two weeks off, and it is 2023, and uh, we're actually getting some news, at least. Um, we're waiting on everything with uh, Microsoft and the FTC. Although, judging by the reactions around the world, the FTC might have the case just thrown out. Mm. It's not going to work. Everybody said, eh, what are you going to do? Like, the only the FTC cares. And, yeah. Sony, and Sony cares. Although, I will say, uh, we did find some interesting things out there. Like, there are four games that will never be on the Microsoft console. But here's one that's going to piss off a lot of people. Apparently, Bloodborne will never be on PC. Huh. That I know is going to anger that angers a lot of people. Yeah, that's a shame. Like I don't even understand why they why just why just like cross it off the chart completely? Why just like be like we just don't have the resources for it now? I, I thought it was about the whole keeping it from being an Microsoft's thing. Because I think but there was that- like that's not stopping them from putting Death Stranding 2 on PC and other yeah. Sony games on PC because Microsoft showed that, hey, when we sell stuff on Steam, we get money. Yep. <laughs> I don't know why they hate money. I don't know. Because uh, Microsoft, to quote Microsoft, uh, they want to deal with the competition not by getting bigger, but by having them be smaller. Oh. So. It's a real shame that uh, that game couldn't be published under Bandai Namco. I didn't yeah. even realize it was published under Sony. Yeah, I mean, Sony got, got bit in the ass when they let 505 publish the first Death Stranding. And 505 turned around and said, hey, Microsoft, we want some money. Can you put this on Game Pass? <laughs> <laughs> and MLB partially owns MLB The Show, which is why it also is on Game Pass. Because the ML and also on other platforms, because the MLB was saying this is not making us money on just one console. We need to be on every console. So, and the problem was that Microsoft and Nintendo weren't bothering making games. They said, no, we don't need to make an MLB game. Hmm. Well, so, I, look, I look forward to hopefully seeing something of those Sierra titles that Activision had locked away. We'll see. I mean, um. Phil Spencer says he's a big fan of those games, so yeah, he's a big fan of a lot of games. <laughs> yeah, imagine if um, Microsoft <laughs> then hired uh, Ken and Roberta Williams to make a game under the Sierra label. See, now that's the thing because they showed up at the the Video Game Awards to present, and they are making a new game. I just it just feels a little bit, you know, like. Oh, that game's gonna be on Game Pass, no doubt. <laughs> oh yeah, I'm, I'm sure. It's, <laughs> I'm sure it will, but it's like I don't know. It's just interesting that they're they're they're, they're being in the limelight a little bit. So it's like uh, maybe the, the, there is really a real possibility of some of those Sierra titles uh, being made again in the future. Yeah. Um, there's a very real, uh, if, if for whatever reason the Microsoft Activision deal doesn't go down, there's a very real uh, case that it might kill Activision. It might destroy the company. So. Yeah. It's uh, it's going to be interesting to see because FTC wasn't even the only ones that had issues with it. The yeah, European but the, the, the European Union turned around and said, yeah, it's fine. Various South American countries said, yeah, it's fine. Hmm. And people, the people who were in the, with the FTC before, whoever is running it now, said, "Why are you doing this? This is pointless." The thing that Sony hates the most is that Microsoft's uh, Game Pass has their 
their first party games day one on Game Pass. And that's not what Sony wants. Sony wants you to buy their game and then maybe put it on their version of Game Pass a year later. Because they yeah. think it's bad. It's bad. It's bad business to do that. But Microsoft seems to be doing all right doing that. Hmm. Yeah. So anyways, um, we're going to start with what we've been playing. Uh, you know, next week we might talk about our personal games of the year. Um, we did. I know we did an extensive award show last year, but there's sir, I don't know. I just don't have the time. And also, 2022 was basically a crappy year for games, anyway. So, um, I've been playing a lot of Dorf Romantic, and uh, that was actually nominated last year for a best puzzle game. And I'm going to tell you something. I've been playing it over and over and over again. It's addictive. Um, a lot of people have compared it to Carcassonne. I can see that. Um, there are other games that it reminds me of, though. And for those who don't know, it's a tile-laying game in which you want to lay tiles of light next to each other. So a field needs to touch a field, a forest needs to touch a forest. And um, every time you surround a hexagon with four uh, tiles, you get a card back. Because you only get, uh, I think, 40 tiles, and you have to earn more tiles. Uh, it gives you quests like, we want this forest to have a thousand trees in it. When you complete that, you get five new tiles. Stuff like that. It is very, very addictive. So Ralph is right. Hmm. Yeah, I've heard nothing but good things about Dorf Romantic. And uh, I, that's, that's something that I've been meaning to try. But I have not gotten around to. It's one of those um, games you just kill 30 minutes with. It is uh, It is a fun-looking game. I, uh, I, finally, I finally did it, y'all. I, uh, I started... Tunic? I started it over uh, over break. <laughs> That's good. And then oh, I stopped was... and I uh, and I played Midnight Suns for the rest of break. Oh yeah, <laughs> I got my copy of Midnight Suns. I haven't tried it yet. Uh, I haven't gotten into it yet. I mean, so, it's for Axis. It's an XCOM like game. I'll probably enjoy it. So one thing I was two things I wasn't I was not expecting when I went into Midnight Suns. One, it's a card battler. Oh yeah. Look, like you collect cards for each of the heroes and, and each card represents an attack or a skill. And, uh, and yeah, like, uh, you collect cards throughout the game to make them stronger and be able to do more stuff. Um, I really like the way that the cards are set up for the heroes. Like, like Dr. Strange, Dr. Strange is, uh, is big on buffs, like using magic to make your characters uh, stronger, give them resistance uh, help you get more cards and uh, help you access more powerful cards more quickly. Whereas like Ghost Rider is an area of effect fighter and a lot of his cards are about doing damage to an area of opponents or making them explode once he defeats them. Yeah, I mean, there would have been no point in just making it like uh, XCOM, but with Marvel characters, because you can easily get a mod to do that, you know? Yeah. In this in this case, they wanted to make they wanted to give it a new twist. And the second thing that I was not expecting in the slightest is that it's almost like a Marvel dating sim. <laughs> it it truly is. Like you you have a a player character that's like not one of the heroes that you wander around with that also takes part in the fights. But when you're not taking part in a mission, you go back to like a hub place and you talk and like everybody hangs out everybody you've gathered hangs out there. And you get to talk to them and build friendships with them and uh, and get to know them more. And like by building up like friendship levels with them, you unlock bonuses for them in combat and up to like you can unlock their ultimate abilities and different costumes and stuff like that. I was shocked at how like how much I got caught up in trying to get every hero to be my friend because yeah. uh, it was I did not expect so much dialogue in that game, sort of like, but it's fun. Sort of like Fuga, you know, in which you have the kids wandering around and making friends with other kids, building up the affinity with them. Yeah, and it's really fun and interesting because that game, like, yes, it has Iron Man and yes, it has Captain America and, and like, some of, the, some of the more popular ones. But, like, characters like Blade and, and Magic and, and Nico Minaru and uh, Ghost Rider are the stars of that game. And it's kind of fun and interesting to see characters that really don't get much screen time in the current Marvel era up front and center. 
By the way, speaking of Fuga, I haven't played that in months because I got through uh, four chapters without having to sacrifice a single kid, and it was just getting stressful. Yeah, it's a really hard game once you get later into chapters. I mean, it's just like, yeah, I mean, I'm keeping up, but it's sort of like getting closer and closer in which I don't want to shoot one of those kids through the cannon. <laughs> and that's and that's kind of the crux of it, right? It gets really hard and like it 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 teases you. It's like, come on, just do it once. It'll be fine. Just just take the easy way. Yeah, there's a there's an achievement there for not sacrificing any kids. <laughs> if there I wonder if there wasn't an achievement for that, I would just, yeah, this kid is annoying. Bye. <laughs> But yeah, like if you like strategy and you like Marvel, you got to play Midnight Suns. It's really fun. I, I really, it. really enjoyed that game. It's one of the benefits of having a press account. It's like, I, oh, I, I really like the try. Oh, I already have that game. Great. Mm-hmm. I don't understand why they launched it at the very end of the year in December. That game feels like it should have been a summer blockbuster. You know, what's interesting is that I'm looking to get a new uh, new PC and all cyber power and all that stuff. Um, They're using uh, Midnight Suns as a pack in with some of the NVIDIA cards. I can see that. It's a very pretty game. Yeah. And simply because um, Portal uh, uh, RT, you know, Ray Tracing Portal came out and my computer said, yeah, you don't have the card for it. Sorry. (laughs) I want to play. I want to play Portal with Ray Tracing. Yeah, I have talked to some people that gave it a try, and they have been very happy with it so far. Uh, Scott, what have you been playing? I've been playing Chained Echoes. It's oh. a yeah, it's an indie developer, a single one, Matthias Linda, and he made this game a turn-based uh, pixel JRPG uh, style game, and you get mech warriors, and you get your little uh, army. I mean, it it has a little bit of various classic uh, RPG games. For for, for those you don't know, it looks like a, I would say say 32-bit game, actually. Yeah. It doesn't um, look like a 16-bit. It looks like a 32-bit game. You can see the enemies on the field. So when you battle, it's right where you you, uh, encounter them. And you have this overdrive and overheat ability where you have to, your actions move your uh, meter uh, across the board through, you know, your regular uh, state to overdrive and then overheat. And you're trying to stay out of the overheat because if you get into that, the enemy starts doing more damage to you. um, And so you get like into a critical state. So you have to find actions that will reduce your overdriving, like just keep you in the green the entire time. And uh, that, that aspect is quite challenging. I like the characters. Very interesting um, and a little bit unorthodox. I guess when you get these indie developers, they tend to have grittier characters, I think. Really, you know, cause I, I feel like there's when it's a bigger company, they tend to keep people uh, kind of censored on the language and some of the things they do. So this game was a little bit more open in that way. It also has some Easter eggs too, uh, like Chrono Trigger and some other games which I, I think are fun to see when you're playing. Uh, By the way, I was wrong. They explicitly say it's like 16-bit SNES-style graphics. Yeah. Um, and also, the music is inspired by PlayStation 1 games. <laughs> yeah, it's really good music. It's very enjoyable. Uh, enjoyable story. I'm having, I had fun with the combat. And, oh, and like I said, you get uh, mechs as well. And when you're allowed to summon them, you can jump in and out of them at any time uh, on the field. There's like certain restrictions, like you can't uh, get launch into them when you're over the water or uh, on grass or whatever. You know, so there's yeah. there's some restrictions there. But for the most part, you can just fly around and and cr- uh, totally destroy little weaker monsters really easily. Um, and there's a lot of there's some crafting. Like it, it, there's a it, it was the the deals from I think Final Fantasy uh, 12 where you sell uh, uh, drops a loot and it opens up uh, deals in the, the shops and you can get a deal through there. Um, then they also have a reward board. So when you get little in-game achievements, you get a reward for that getting that. So it gives you more incentive for doing stuff like you know find three. Uh, hidden caves or you know a 28 treasure chests or whatever you get a reward for doing stuff like that 
Yeah, I haven't tried it yet, and uh, it might not surprise you to know it's also on Game Pass, PC and uh, Xbox Game Pass. Because mm-hmm. oh. I'm going to tell you something, uh, Microsoft has been very aggressive in getting JRPG-style games on Game Pass. Oh, yeah. They want to expand into the Japanese market. Well, not only that, but there's a lot of anime fans here, and they want a lot. They want to get that crowd. You know, that reminds me, I'm still waiting for, um, oh, damn, uh, you know the game, the, the uh, full version, 100 Heroes, you know, yeah. I'm still waiting for that to come out. That will be hopefully this year. Um, yeah. No release date yet, but uh, hopefully this year. By the way, um, I didn't mention it because I've been playing it the previous weeks. I'm still playing it, too. Uh, I also been playing the Master of Magic remake. And um, it's very close. It has some slight differences in play, very slight, but it mainly keeps to the old game and a lot of the old exploits. Like people on, on the Steam forums talk about, you know, <laughs> I like to get my paladins with, uh, dark, with dark channels and they're unbeatable. You know, they're sort of like just wipe through everything like hot laser through butter. It's like a lot of that game was just finding the exploit to, to do. It was shameless. No one cared about play balance. No, no, no. You, you have to. You want to. You want to get the the best possible combos. You can wipe everything. You don't have to worry about other players. You're just playing against. Um, I've also been playing a lot of Potion uh, Simulator. By the way, um, I've been playing it since early access, but it came out on Game Pass, so I was able to ch- get achievements for it too. Um, have you have you have you seen it? Played it? Potion Simulator. I haven't seen that one. Potion. I'm but... sorry, not Potion Simulator. Potion Craft. It's Potion Craft, and they added a subtitle, Alchemy Simulator. Uh, okay. It is it is one of the uh, – the graphics are technically, you know, okay, but it looks really nice. It looks like uh, woodcuts. Everything is a woodcut. Um, it's one of those games where you just sit back and relax. I've been avoiding looking for any uh, wikis to see where all the effects are. Right. I still haven't found the unlock – uh, potion, which helps you, which helps people unlock potions. So, but yeah, uh, check it out. It's it's a really nice game. As a matter of fact, you know, it actually was nominated last year, even in early access, for best uh, what's it called, Be- most beautiful game on the Steam Awards. Oh, that's good. Yep. So yeah, um, we have some quick news. Uh, Skyrim mod expands the Thieves Guild and lets you romance the main character, Thief. Uh, it includes four dungeons, thousands of additional dialogue, including over 2,000 lines for Bjorndolf alone, made by editing his existing dialogue, plus seven brand new NPCs by volunteers and multiple quests. Uh, Skyrim is still going on strong with the mods. Yeah, is this a, a new mod? I thought. Yeah, this, was... this is a new mod. This just came out. That's pretty impressive. And Strategy uh, is a surprise drop on Game Pass. Um, basically, to describe it, it's Subnautica, except there's no science fiction. It's just you in the Pacific Ocean, and you have to survive somehow. Oh, interesting. Yeah. It's gotten recent mixed reviews on on Steam, but but it also has generally positive reviews. I think the thing is that, you know, this is sort of like, you know, check it out. It's on Game Pass. You might as well. If you like Subnautica, maybe you'll like this. You have to deal with sharks and trying to find barrels and stuff like that because you're in a plane crash. Hmm. So we're going to go ahead. Um, I want to get a look at this game really quick. Okay. <laughs> I just wanted to see what it looks like. Oh, yeah. So you, you're, you're stuck in a raft. You have a harpoon gun, I see. It looks like there's a kraken. <laughs> <laughs> but it takes place in on Earth. So. It looks like there's quite a few. Th- it's gorgeous for one. I wanna, I kind of want to check this out. Like I said, it's on, it's on Game Pass. So if you have, I don't, I don't think you have Game Pass. But if anybody has Game Pass, they can just check it out and see what it's like. Neat. But like it's basically Subnautica, except not science fiction. Yeah, it looks like there's a few different islands you can check, you can try to get to. Yeah, and you have to go underwater and, and investigate stuff. I never really got far in Subnautica, so. This looks gorgeous though. Anyways, um, why don't you hit the first item uh, there, TJ? ZeniMax employees vote to form biggest video game union in the United States. From PC Gamer. The Communications Workers of America, of America announced today that a supermajority of quality assurance workers at ZeniMax Studios 
have officially voted to join the ZeniMax Workers United CWA, forming the first video game studio uh, union at parent company Microsoft in what will be, for at least a while, the largest union of video game workers in the U.S. The official voting period ran from December 2nd to December 31st, but the CWA union organizing efforts have been underway at ZeniMax for months and that some employees began signing signing union authorization cards in November. In contrast to Activision Blizzard, which has fought unions uh, teeth and nail, Microsoft, which may soon become Activision Blizzard's parent company, committed to neutrality in the ZeniMax union vote when it was first announced. Shortly after the vote was tallied, Microsoft extended official recognition of the new union. Activision Blizzard has been at the center of the of game industry unionization efforts, but the formation of ZeniMax Workers United is a big deal in its own right. The company's subsidiaries include Arcane Studios, Bethesda Softworks, id Software, Machine Games, Tango Gameworks, and ZeniMax Online Studios. The CWA said the new union includes all QA employees in the U.S. across ZeniMax's various studios. You know, what's interesting is Tango Gameworks, is that's a Japanese uh, developer. And uh, yes. unionization has not been a big thing in Japan. So it's interesting that, that it's uh, it's going to be a Tango. Well, it says specifically this applies to U.S. Uh, US studios only, for what I can see here. Okay. Um, I but think still, it's a, I, it's a Japanese-run company, though. Sure. What I mean is that if it's if they've got you if they've got European uh, studios or Japanese studios or other studios around the world, I do believe that those are left out of this one, unfortunately. That's okay. It's interesting. Microsoft um, just said, okay, whatever. Two reasons why. Uh, one, <laughs> right now they're dealing with the FTC and they want to look nice. And also, right. um, this is sort of like saying, well, you know, what happens um, when Activision becomes ours we're going to allow them to form a union too and the big wigs at activision blizzard did not want that so we're going to allow it to happen yes uh microsoft was pretty early in in fact microsoft stated that they would um what's the word they would recognize and negotiate with raven software qa when when raven software qa unionized and uh, they said they they made that call before Activision Blizzard itself did. Activision Blizzard itself, obviously having been terrible <laughs> and uh, using all <laughs> sorts of creep methods to try to shut it down. Yeah, I can um, imagine. By the way, can you imagine the FT, uh, Microsoft debating the FTC and pointing at Bobby Coding? You want him still in charge? <laughs> yeah, I think <laughs> you want him I think still you hit, in charge. I think you hit the nail on the head, though. I think uh, Microsoft doesn't. I don't. Microsoft has always had great um, worker benefits, you know. They had the same part, uh, same sex union benefits and all that stuff for a long time, for decades now. So it's not the only thing. Here's the thing. Remember what was going on earlier this year is that there was a lot of harassment suits coming up with various uh, sub, uh, you know, companies that now owned by Microsoft and, and ZeniMax and all that. And I'm pretty sure that was starting to piss Microsoft off. Like, we don't need this now. <laughs> right. But I do believe that trying to settle this uh, this acquisition ha- kind of has Microsoft back into a corner and, and trying to remain on its best behavior. Because th- right now, the worst thing that they could ask for is just horrible press. Um, I, I think they they wouldn't, even if they weren't buying Activision Blizzard, I don't think they would have blocked this. I think they would have let it go. You know, because it, the only thing that really is going to happen with this is a lot of union demands are not going to have to deal with benefits or stuff like that because they already have benefits. I think a lot of it is going to have to deal with, um, you know, uh, human resources, you know, and complaints and, you know, protection for uh, from harassment and all that stuff. I think that's what this is really all about. And also, obviously, to combat crunch. Right. And retaliatory, man, like retaliatory restrictions and management yeah. which uh, has been a big issue at, at, at Activision Blizzard for a while and I wonder how many other companies are grumbling at Microsoft for doing this can you imagine Ubisoft seeing this and saying oh god they're doing it that means there's going to be expectations for us yeah yeah uh, Ubisoft <laughs> yeah 
Well, we we like Ubisoft was right there along Activision Blizzard during the a lot of the. Oh yeah, uh, remember remember that uh, that awkward speech by the CEO. Remember that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that was a, that was very cringeworthy and awkward <laughs> having to deal with what was going on there between between her like harassing its employees and allowing them to be harassed doing an internal uh, investigation and finding it did nothing wrong and getting into NFTs Ubisoft kind of tried to fill out a just like the worst fucking bingo card you could possibly imagine Oh, by the way, thank God FTX crumbled. I mean, I'm I'm sad for the Joe Schmoes who lost all their money, but fortunately, this looks like it's signaling the end of cryptocurrency and just get rid of it because Binance mm-hmm. is now in trouble. And yet, Square Enix. Uh, do we have this? No, we don't have it in the news. But Square, oh, Square Enix, Enix came out of the yeah, gate Square today. Enix is still, still, Square Enix is still obsessed with with non. Yeah, I I don't know how they can possibly think that NFTs is a good thing to pursue. Not only do you have the cryptocurrency crashing, but you have that sad monk, whatever that monkey thing is. Uh, NFT. Yeah, the the board ape. That's that's there's a lawsuit or happening there, and it's Shit just about it's, those fucking things. All these computer generated characters. Yeah. You know, I, I mean, you, you you just look. You know, it's like, how can they not find the hear the people that are saying that you know NFTs are a terrible idea and nobody wants them? Like, where where are they getting their information that this is a good thing to lean into? And you know, they they sold IPs so they could invest well, in. Here's the thing. Uh, Square Enix has already said it's um, it's policy, right? They're free for hire, meaning if you pay for it, it's yours, which is how uh, Final Final Fantasy seven, second, whatever, part two, whatever it is. And Final Fantasy th- uh, 16 uh, are going to be uh, PlayStation exclusive because they basically said, you know, you, ha- you you pay for it. It's yours, you know. So they're they're trying to get money any way they can, and for some reason they still think cryptocurrency is the way. Yeah, and uh, it just continues to flop. Worse than that, like I said, Binance is next. <laughs> I mean, I hate to remind people, but cryptocurrency is from nothing. It has nothing to back it except for someone doing some 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 logical problems on a computer. That's it. It's not you're mining for nothing. The entire goal of cryptocurrency is to not be held is to not be left with the bag at the end. That's that why I think of cryptocurrency is, to. is is to have stock market without stocks. Yeah, I mean I don't know what it was originally. I I do know it, somewhat of what it was originally made for, but what it is actually used for is grifting other people and leaving them oh, with the bag. Literally made for um uh, money laundering, as Binance is trying to say. No, 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 we don't. And recently, the U.S. said, "Yes, you do. But uh, you do fucking do. Drug cartels are using your fucking crypto to launder their money. What are you talking about?" So, it's it's a big mess. Uh, there was a video by Benji Benny, uh, which basically nailed the coffin. Just just described everything that's going on with it. I, like I said, just just stop, just stop. Anyways, uh, Scott, why don't you take the next item? Okay. Uh, let's see. Uh, scroll, I'm scrolling down to it. Okay. Cult of the Lambs first big update will bring new attacks for every weapon. This is PC Gamer. Uh, action-based building roguelike Cult of the Lamb has announced its first big content update for 2023. The new content update will feature new moves for the lamb itself, letting you press and hold attack button to drop a heavy attack that will be unique to each weapon. They showed off an area of effect smash for the sword, a boomerang throw for the axe, and raining line of daggers for the dagger. Beyond the new weapons, Massive Monster says Cult of the Lamb's first big content update will include many other new features that will add depth, difficulty, accessibility, and quality of life. Yeah, I haven't played it in a while, but it's still a really fun game. That is a really crazy game. It's basically, you know, um, Binding of Isaac, except... Now you have a, a, a more a better, a, you know, more for, uh, lined up goal instead of just survival. Have you played uh, Cult of the Lamb, uh, TJ? No, it is something that like I've I love going on and seeing the fan art and like the little things that people make with that game because it's silly as all get out. But like 
I uh, I haven't had time for another management game. Just 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 uh, have a ceremony in which you you uh, send your uh, your uh, one of your followers <laughs> to heaven, where you hear crunching and coming, all these bones and blood just fall down. Yeah, I mean the game looks very fun and it's very silly. Uh, it's I love seeing fan art. I love seeing like the characters, and uh, I love the stuff that people have done with it. I just it's one of those games that I never had time to play. It's one of those games I actually paid for this year because I haven't been paying for many games because of my press account. But this nice. game I pay for. I, I wanted to play it because <laughs> so, um, it was uh, it was by uh, you know it was by the developer uh, Massive Monster and it's just and it's also Devolver Digital. So obviously we know what to expect from Devolver Digital. Just something mm-hmm. that's taking the piss out of something. Yep. Um, the only complaint I have is that it starts to get a little grindy and I mean, the con, the combat gets even harder, but only because you need to start grinding a little bit more and start building new buildings, but that's okay. Like I said, uh, check out cult of the lamb. It's one of the, uh, year's surprise hits. Um, the next item is payday three lands. The first new game announcement of 2023. And this comes to us from Forbes. Payday 3 was announced on New Year's Eve. The game will be out in 2023, according to the announcement, for both console and PC, though a specific date or window has not been given. According to the Steam listing, step out of the retirement block into the life of crime in the shoes of the Payday gang. The envy of their peers, a nightmare of law enforcement wherever they go. Several years after the crew's reign of terror over Washington, D.C. has ended, they assemble again to deal with the threat that roused them out of early retirement. It has been nearly a decade since the release of Payday 2, which was out in August 2013. As a part of Steam's winter sale, it's currently 90% off cost 99 cents. And one of the biggest controversies, which we all remember, occurred back in 2015 when Payday 2 added safes to the card drop system that could result in increased power for weapons. And a month later, stumbled into problems again with a new pack containing more than cosmetic additions. This was back in the height of the loot box days. As a matter of fact, this was the forefront, this was the forefront of all the loot box controversies controversy at the time this is before uh star star wars battleground 2 battle battlefield no, star battleground 2 but even then it was seen as going too far for fans who pushed against the monetization and criticized overkill in 2016 uh starbreeze acquired the rights to payday and declared that's this stuff would stop happening so it sounds like payday 3 will be payday 2 but without the baggage i can get into that i uh i've always liked payday 2's like gameplay yeah, but, uh, so for those who don't know, uh, Payday, Payday, two, Payday, and Payday Two are all about. It's a co-op game in which you're playing uh, people robbing a bank, and there's several ways to go through it. Either you can be really stealthy and even get the loot from the bank without raising an alarm, or just go in with your guns out and just shoot everybody and have the cops surround the place, and, you know, and have a really messy heat-style escape, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and here's the thing: you want to be, uh, you want to be stealthy because the cops will rip you apart. Yeah, yeah. This is, uh, it's a, and like, did they? Was there any rumor of this whatsoever leading up to it? Because I don't no, feel like, that's I like I, saw. I, yeah, I, it was came out of nowhere. It's that's like, wild. <laughs> as much as things have been leaked in the last few years. It's shocking to think that like this completely got by everybody. Yeah, I mean, who even like? I mean, for one thing, Payday has not been in the mind space for the last year or two. Mm-hmm. But even then, you know, I don't know if I was, I needed a Payday three, but now that it's announced, maybe I do. Oh wow! I mean, also, go ahead. I just saw that Prime Matter is publishing it. Who, uh, if you don't know, they have also done Pathfinder, Kingmaker. Yeah. Uh, Pathfinder, uh, like all the Pathfinder games. Um, they are also, where did I see them very recently? Uh, oh my gosh, that's going to drive me crazy. <laughs> <sighs> they, they're on another big one that I saw recently that I'm really excited about. I'm trying to remember what it was. That's going to bug me. I'll, I'll 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 try to remember it here in a little bit. Um, well, I know they did Kingdom uh, Come Deliverance as well. Yes, which I did not like at all. Oh, I hated that game. Hated it because the the uh, combat was ass. I mean, I know what they were trying to do. 
I know what they were trying to do. Uh, they are publishing the System Shock remake that Night Dive Studios is doing. Yeah, and that one is, uh, well, we're going to be talking about it in a second. But they're also owned by Coke Media, too. Mm-hmm. They bought all the uh, things. Yeah. Uh, so, anyways, speaking of which, why don't you take the next item, then? Me or Scott? You. Okay. System Shock's remake, System Shock Remake's March release locked in. From Eurogamer. Sharing an update earlier today, Night Dive revealed the scope and scale of the project has dramatically evolved over the la- over the past few years. This is in part thanks to publisher Prime Matter joining the project. With this publisher on board, Night Dive Studios has been able to focus on quality of life improvements, bug fixing, and localization support. Things that calls the last major steps towards releasing a game we're all incredibly proud of. The developer has also given some extra shine to other areas of the game ahead of its March release. These include newly created enemy variants, which Night Dive has said provide new challenges to the player in later levels. Perhaps more importantly, most importantly, however, is the team's attention to detail when it comes to the game's dismemberment. This is something that has been a high priority for the developer. Yeah, which reminds me, you know, Dead Space is coming out soon. <laughs> As such, in... Each enemy player each enemy players come across has a completely custom dismemberment model. According to Night Dive, there are a lot of enemies in the game, with the developer calling the effort to put into this particular aspect of the remake staggering. Meanwhile, back in August, Night Dive Studios confirmed the fate of the third installment of the System Shock series still lies with Chinese conglomerate Tencent. System Shock 3 was first announced back all the way back in 2015, with Warren Spector revealed to be its creative advisor. However, filing, however following financial woes for the publisher Starbreeze, same folks who were uh, developing Payday, Payday uh, too, yeah. <laughs> the, the project hit a bump, and Spector's studio, other side, parted ways with the publisher. Um, the studio said it would be it would continue working on the project on its own, but reports of development troubles and staff departures emerged in 2020. Shortly after, it was announced that Tencent would be taking the System Shock franchise forward. Um, I wonder if this dismember I haven't had it, I, I've stayed away from playing any of the demos because I want to jump into this like fresh-eyed and bushy-tailed. Well, it's fine because most of the demos have just been in the uh, first level that that everybody remembers, so it's not a big deal. But I, I wonder if the dismemberment is going to be more Dead Space or more Killing Floor 2. Because Killing Floor, like Killing, 2, Floor 2. Killing Floor 2 has an incredibly good dismemberment system. I think it's it's not going to be the Dead Space in which, you know, severing limbs like that. I think it's going to be more uh, very more physical-based. Uh, just so you know, I actually reinstalled System Shock 2, and that's the game I wish they'd be remaking. Because it still holds up, aside from the crappy graphics. Mm-hmm. Um, you wish they were remaking the second one? Yeah, because it's a lot better game than the first one. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, like they're they're putting the. It looks like this game is just like it is the first System Shock, but it's also just complete. It looks completely different from it. Yeah, basically Black like Mesa. Yeah. Yeah. So like, I've been excited for this. I'm really excited to see how it ends up. I, uh, I backed it way back in the day. <laughs> I've always loved the idea of System Shock. I just never jumped into it. And so yeah, there's so many spiritual successors to System Shock too. Mm-hmm. Bioshock and Prey and other games that oh Doom Three, all these other games that just steal from it. <laughs> yeah. So I'm uh, I'm I'm happy to see that they finally locked in a final release date. I uh, I'm really excited to finally play this game. Yeah, I only backed it for the minimum amount, but, you know, way back in the day. Uh, but, you know, it'll be fun. But like I said, it's System Shock 2 that we're, you know, it's sort of like saying, oh, there's a remake of Street Fighter. Yeah, that's fine. But what about a remake of Street Fighter 2? That's what that's the one that people care about. <laughs> yeah, like, I, I, I wonder, like, if... System Shock remake nails it. If it hits it out of the park, will they? Do you think that Night Dive will continue on and try to? I'm pretty get... sure they'd want to. But here's the pro- uh, first thing. First things first. You know, they want to do System Shock three. But who owns System Shock two? Uh, Tencent owns System Shock two. Or well, then you're two. not going to see it anytime soon. Or I'm sorry. Right. I'm sorry. They own uh, System Shock three. Three. Yes. But if they own I... System Shock two, we're not going to see that anytime soon either. 
Yeah. Well, yes, yeah. I, I just put myself in God mode in System Shock 2 and just enjoy the story. <laughs> I'm, I'm, yeah. Like, I am also interested. To, I've seen little bits and pieces of the space of the ship that you wander around on too, and I'm really interested to see how they handle that environment. Yeah. By the way, uh, don't play the original System Shock because um, when it was first, when it first came out, mouses were. A, a, a concept that people had just started to discover. Try playing a game in which you can look in all three directions, but the mouse doesn't do it. Mm. It was a pain in the ass. It was like it was literally playing a Macintosh game. So, yeah, I, I'm looking forward to System Shock. Um, but I really, you know, playing System Shock is sort of like playing uh, uh, uh Demon Souls, right? It's interesting to play now that it's been remastered, but really you only care about Dark Souls. So it'll be sort of like playing uh, Demon Souls after having played the uh, the uh, Dark Souls games. Yeah, yeah. That, that I mean, eventually on a long enough timeline, I would like to play the new one and then maybe go back and play the original and see. You did play System Shock 2, right? I have not. You have not played System Shock 2? I've stayed completely away from this series and and to keep myself, like, untainted. What's funny is that what'll be funny is that you play System Shock, then when you play System Shock 2, you say, holy shit, this game's a lot more complex and nuanced and, and, and plays better than System Shock. Even when remastered, mm. everybody loves the audio logs too. It was one of the first games to make that a thing, having audio logs. Yeah. Also, uh, System Shock 2 is a very PC game. You're only going to use your mouse to look up. Don't even think about using gamepad because there's so many keypad, uh, keyboard controls that you have to learn. <laughs> there's a lot of stuff you have to deal with with uh, System Shock. And then when you first, and then when you first hear the monkeys. So you're saying that if I'm going to try it, I should probably figure out where a manual is so I can keep it nearby. Just with all the macros. Yeah, uh, just remember, U is uh, is to play a system, uh, a log, immediately. And um, to get out of inventory, press the left mouse button. That gets you out quickest. (laughs) Nice. Uh, But yeah, I mean, System Shock 2, you're running around with chemicals, you're researching stuff. Oh god! Oh, that's the one thing about System Shock 2 that everybody hates, and that there's a mod they usually take it out, and that's weapon degradation. Weapon Ew. degradation is a bitch in that game. So much so that you you have to level up a skill in which you can repair it with your precious nanobites. Uh. Nano, and the thing is that you need nano. It's the currency in the game. Is there a weapon degrade in the first game? I don't. No, I don't remember. I haven't played that game in a very, very, very long time. But I know it's in System Shock 2. Just if you get it on Steam, just get the uh, just get the patch that the patch that edits all that out. There's also a pat. There's also a patch that includes uh, co-op play if you want to play it that way. Hmm. What's interesting about System Shock 2 is that the entire first three, four fifths of the game is your tutorial. You, you spend all that time on the Von Braun. And you're learning all these systems. And then when it's time for you to get on the Rickenbacker, you have to use all of those systems. And oh, by the way, um, you know how in Bioshock you have the uh, those those chambers that you resurrect into? You know, when you die, you resurrect into a into a chamber in Bioshock. That's what happens in System Shock 2. There are nanobite reassembly so that when you die, you get reassembled for the price of a few nanobots in a nearby case. When you get on the Rickenbacker, there are no recycling bins, which means if you die on the Rickenbacker, that's it. Game over. Wow. <laughs> so, that's like I said, the entire the entire four fifths of the game is training you how to do the last fifth of the game. And even though it's supposed to be a surprise that Shodan is the enemy is one of your enemies in the game. They put her on the fucking box. Do you think they're not? And it start, opens with her saying her famous speech. You know, of course she's going to be in the game, but I'm going to say something when she reveals herself. That is an awesome moment in the game, even with the thief, the dark project level graphics. 
It's like saying, it's like you not having played System Shock 2 is like me not having played through Final Fantasy 7. Yeah, but it was like a purposeful thing at a certain point. Once I knew that the, I always kind of wanted to, but once I learned that the remake was happening, I had every reason to wait. Like I said, when you finally play System Shock 2, despite the graphics that are from Thief the Dark Project, you're going to be pleasantly surprised because it is a deep, involved game. Yeah. And a smart one, too. And you have a lot of decisions to make in it, too. Fun. I like that. There's a classic for a reason, and why there are so many games that ape it. <laughs> Prey might as well be calling itself. We want to be System Shock Three. <laughs> Seriously, once you after you play System Shock Two, play Bioshock, play Prey, and all that stuff, and say, "Holy shit, these people were ripping it off," or at least being the spiritual successor to it. <sighs> I have to talk. We have to do a game history of System Shock Two at some point. Yeah. Anyways, uh, look for our show notes at GamingPodcast.net, along with industry news and our gaming history articles. We enjoy feedback, so leave us comments on our blog at GamingPodcast.net. Also, hit us up at Facebook.com slash GamingPodcast. Subscribe to us on iTunes, leave us some iTunes comments. You can still find me on Twitter at Jonah Falcon. You can find me at Johnny Chucks. You can find me at Charter Moore. And we will see you next week. Uh, one of the things about this is that at least the news is happy. This is all happy news, you know? Even even the industry news is is happy news in which, you know, you have a union going up and the people who who, who are their union, you know, the company for, for the uh, company says, yeah, you can do it. Whatever. Sure. We're all on board. Way to start the new year. Yeah. But like I said, payday three. I want to see some actual gameplay in that game because the trailer only showed, you know, just hints. You know, I want to see what they add this time. Because I'm going to tell you something. After Back for Blood, uh, I want something that is a good co-op game. Not that Back for Blood is bad, but there's a reason now it's selling for like five bucks in some places. Mm-hmm. It's just not Left for Dead. Yeah, and I've gone back to it a couple times since. It just It's not that it's a bad game. It's just that it's too live servicey. The cars kind of annoy yeah, me too. It's the cars don't annoy me. It's just a live service that annoys me. And this is Sony saying they want to make ten live service games in five years. They're nuts. Mm. What trend are you following, Sony? Live <laughs> service? I'm shocked that 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 Sony isn't saying. Uh, maybe they're smart enough to say they'll 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 be NFTs because they want to have NFTs in the live services, but they can't say it out loud because then it'll get shut down quicker than. Then uh, CD Projekt Red. Oh, by the way, that reminds me. Did you see the um, article by uh, God, the developers of Stalker? No, not Stalker. It wasn't CD Projekt Red. It was the other Ukrainian uh, developer. Hmm. To remind myself. What are they making? Do you remember? That's the point. Um, I'm trying to remember what it is, but it isn't Stalker developers. Okay. Um. It's a, it's a major Ukrainian developer? Yeah, yeah. Oh, Frogwares. Yeah, Frogwares. There you go. Frogwares was was saying they were bashing Russia and all that stuff. And they said, we don't give a shit. You think it would go. You should see what it's like to have to develop under the circumstances which we're going on through uh, going through right now. Hmm. No, no. Frogwares is best known for the Sherlock Holmes games. And uh, they did the one uh, HP Lovecraft game. Was it the Sinking City that they did? Not called. It they was. did Sinking Center. Yeah. Yeah. And they're still making a new – here's the thing. I haven't played any of the Sherlock Holmes games, but they're supposed to be fantastic in the way they do solving mysteries. I played uh, Sherlock Holmes, the first chapter, which is like about him when he was a kid. Yeah. And uh, it was. It was a very methodical and, and, and smartly done game when it came to investigation and using because, the clues yeah, because, that you find to piece together the crime. Because that's a, that's a difficult part. Of doing a doing a, de, a detective game in a video game, it's like you want to avoid just matching everything with everything and seeing what what pops up. You have to make it so that you feel like you're smart, you know, not that you're able to. The uh, the fun the really fun part of that game that game, in my opinion, is that uh, you could come to a different conclusion before you had all of the evidence. And it could leave you feeling like you missed something and it could make you feel like you made the wrong choice. 
and that case will have like an effect on future cases. And uh, I really liked how well those game that game was laid out. And uh, I haven't played any of the other Sherlock Holmes games besides uh, besides yeah. uh, the first uh, chapter one, but um, but I do know that they're pretty smart in that way. And that's where uh, Creepy Watson came from. <laughs> yes, it is. And by the way, I love the fact that uh, Yahtzee Croshaw said, you know, them uh, what's it called? Them doing an HP Lovecraft uh, game allows them to actually make uh, Creepy Watson into a gameplay thing. <laughs> yeah. Um, anyways, uh, so and this is before the recent strikes on New Year's Eve. Uh, Frogware said this, each time Ukraine has a decisive win on the battlefield, which we will all absolutely celebrate, we need to be ready that the next day the Russians with their fragile little eagles will lash out at civilian targets. Useless cowards who have run out of idea how else to win the war they started, so they resort to trying to demoralize, freeze, and starve ordinary people. Um, You can't put a rocket through my grand's living room, shell my nephew's school, and bomb the hospital where my mom worked, then expect me to talk to you. So we'll keep gritting our teeth. And this is before uh, the New Year's Eve, uh, what's it called, attack. So they, they were right. You know, they were going to do that. So, yeah. And uh, I think CD Projekt Red is – no, who's the developer of Stalker? Is that CD Projekt Red? Uh, Stalker? No, that's um, – oh, gosh. Oh, GSC Game World, right. Yeah, that's right. And a developer was actually killed uh, – what's it called? Actually fighting mm-hmm. uh, last week. Yes, and they have uh, obviously they put the game on hold for a while while they're they're dealing with that situation. I think they're they're trying to still target a release in 2023, but obviously it's very well, much going to they be. Did, a, they did release a, a trailer the other day, a new yes, trailer. They did. Yes, they did, and it actually had gameplay in it. Yeah, and they also uh, changed the name from the uh, Russian Chernobyl to the Ukrainian uh, version of Chernobyl. Chernobyl. Yeah. Because for those who don't know, um, yeah, Chernobyl was in USSR, but it was specifically in the Ukraine. So anyways, um, with that happy thought, uh, we will see you next week. Happy gaming, everyone. Have fun. Be cool. Play games, y'all.